0: Welcome to the Holiday let Success Podcast, the show for short-term rental professionals, hosts, and owners worldwide. I'm your host, Elaine Watts, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies, top tools and resources, and interviews with leading industry experts and successful holiday homeowners. We ask them to pull back the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Are you ready? Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Holiday Let Success podcast. I'm your host as always, Elaine Watt. Thanks for joining me today. I've got a special guest with me today, Arthur Kemp. Now, Arthur joins me from Exact CA, or Exact Capital Allowances, where he and his team have been working for the past 10 years to provide niche tax relief solutions for all commercial property owners, and they specialise in the short stay, serviced accommodation, and holiday let properties. Arthur, welcome. How's it going?
1: Yeah, really good. Thank you, Elaine. Thank you for having me.
0: It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat to us today. A really interesting area that you work in and of course something which many people don't know where to start with when they first get involved in the industry and it can make such a big difference to their business. So tell us a bit about you and your background and how you really started serving the holiday let industry.
1: It's a, it was quite a long time ago, uh, a bit of a long story but um, I'm an accountant by profession and i found out about capital allowances in detail uh, when I was working for IKEA. I was their UK accounting manager and um, part of my responsibility was to pull together and forecast uh, information as regards our tax liabilities. And one of the things that came up was, uh, were were we making the most use of our capital allowances? And I assumed that we were because we have you know, very expensive uh, compliance accountants who do lots of work on the accounts. But it transpires that wasn't happening. So we had a project set up where we put out to tender uh, all of the capital allowances work. And I was really heavily involved in that. Um, and off the back of that, I thought to myself, well, you know, if a big company like this isn't being serviced properly, then what chance is the uh, individual property owner who may have a, a holiday let or two or three Um, they're obviously not going to get the right advice that they they deserve. So I thought, well, there's a great opportunity for me to share that knowledge with people who could benefit from it uh, a lot more as well. So I kind of came to it, um, even though through my professional studies, I, I was aware of it. The actual niche part of doing the valuations and understanding the tax history and the law side of things was something that i had to learn since so it's, it's quite a, a niche area that uh, i i came across probably about 12 years ago or so
0: interesting start okay so ikea is a pretty big company to come from and yeah what a way to to learn about capital allowances and then to move it into an industry where it's growing and it's needed yeah super interesting so tell us about how exact CA came about um, from that move to learning about capital allowances and in your words exactly what you do to help short-term rental providers? Well we came
1: about as I said a number of years ago back in 2008-9 uh, sort of there was a real opportunity um, around HMO properties at the time. Uh, I shan't bore you with the details because it's less relevant now but uh, there was a real opportunity that the revenue uh, had missed or they they kind of explained to people that it was uh, available. so we set up a brand at the time uh, called Hmo tax and did lots of capital allowances for those people that had those uh, those types of properties and running quite sort of uh, at the same time as that, there was lots of people that were getting involved in holiday properties as well. um so people in their portfolio may have some regular buy to let properties or They might have some HMO type properties, as well as holiday properties and serviced accommodation as well. All different types of dwelling properties, for want of a better phrase. Um, And it was a real interesting market because there was lots of opportunity around for different types of properties around the country. So very often there'd be cities which uh, may benefit from having HMO type units uh, or regular buy to let properties certainly all the more touristy areas would benefit from serviced accommodation and holiday lets. So that's, that's sort of where business really started if you like. And in terms of identifying or well, the actual process that we go through, it's quite straightforward in terms of we need to, to do a few checks to make sure that somebody who owns these types of properties, as I said more so serviced accommodation and holiday let properties now because the rules have changed a lot for HMO units, But for for holiday lets and serviced accommodation, provided the previous owners haven't claimed any capital allowances on the property, then what we can do is we can do a valuation of the capital allowances, and the owners of the property can then utilise that valuation uh, in their tax return. I'll perhaps explain that in a bit more detail. But whenever you invest in a property, a holiday let property, then part of your investment is associated we can associate it with these things called plant and machinery. So if you were to buy a holiday property for £200,000, we need to break down the cost of that investment into its component parts. And some of those component parts, these items called plant and machinery, that's what you can make a tax deduction for in your tax return. Now, plant and machinery, everybody assumes as things like diggers and tractors and silos and all sorts of uh, big commercial uh, commercial costs but plant and machinery from a property law point of view really relates to generally all the second fix items in a property. So I'm sure you can appreciate, uh, and the listeners can appreciate as well, that when uh, a property is is built, all of the second fix items, the sanitary ware, the heating, lighting, the wiring, everything that makes that building work is what is deemed to be plant and machinery in property law, and that's what you can get a tax deduction on. So our process, uh, once the owner uh, is able to claim the allowances is fairly straightforward in that we break down the cost of that investment into its component parts. We have to look at the reconstruction cost of the property and the land valuation associated with the property uh, and the obviously the plant and machinery. And it's that plant and machinery elements that you then put the valuations through the tax return uh, and get an additional tax relief. Think about capital allowances as an additional business expense that you've already incurred because you bought the property uh, but you're able to make an extra deduction in your accounts to reduce your taxable profits and therefore not pay as much income tax and let's be honest who doesn't want to pay income tax of course you don't
0: absolutely thank you for breaking that down because that really helps for anybody that's really new to the industry or is considering investing know a bit more about. What is available to them in terms of reducing that tax bill? Absolutely. So you're able to help people as they first get involved, thinking about purchasing a property. They've gone through that process. They've got up and running. Is that the point that you are able to offer the advice? Do you work with the accountant or directly with the investor? So
1: in terms of timeframes, it's quite, um, it's quite opportunity. Opportunistic for us to get involved as early on in the process. Um, I mentioned previously that um, you can only claim capital allowances once in a property's lifetime, so we have to check to see if the previous owners may have claimed capital allowances on the property. Uh, now, fortunately, there is a very detailed database that has every single claim that's ever been made for capital allowances. Uh, unfortunately, It's owned by HMRC, and I've been trying for the last 12 years to get access to it, uh, and they don't give it to anybody. That's because the onus of responsibility to make a claim for capital allowances is on the taxpayer. So it's the taxpayer uh, that has to go back to the previous owners of a property and actually ask them the question uh, if they've claimed any tax relief or not. But, of course, this can cause a problem, because if you're thinking about buying a property, the last thing you want to do is go to the seller and say, by the way, have you claimed all your tax relief, uh, especially the capital allowances? Because of course you may activate that thought in their mind that they're missing out on this tax relief that you, as the buyer, want to get hold of, yeah. um, and so that that could be a potential problem. So there are a few ways around that. In terms of knowing who you're buying the property from, is always uh, is always a good thing. Perhaps I'll a couple of examples if I if I may. That'd be great. Just to demonstrate the sort of likely scenarios that we have. You, when I mentioned previously, you can only claim capital allowances once in a property's lifetime. You can only claim if that property is within a qualifying activity. So the legislation, the Capital Allowances Act 2001 states that you cannot claim capital allowances on a dwelling house. And what it means by dwelling house, it means anybody's principal private residence. So if it's somebody's house, their main house, where they live long term, then you cannot claim capital allowances on that property. So a general scenario would be where somebody is buying a private house from somebody to then start trading it as a holiday let. Well, that's a good situation to be in because you know buying that private house that the previous owners couldn't have claimed any capital allowances because it's a private dwelling. But now you're changing planning status and you're looking to trade it as a holiday let, that's perfectly fine. You are then able to claim All of the capital allowances on that property. And it's fairly straightforward that process in terms of checking the eligibility. The valuation process, of course, is still done based on a site visit and site survey. Now, another scenario may be uh, that you're buying uh, a commercial property or perhaps a property that's already trading as a holiday let, in which case it's a bit more complicated because you need to try and find out from the previous owner if they've claimed uh, any capital allowances. Now, this could be. A limited company you're buying from, or it could be an individual. So there's ways, um, there's processes we can put in place through the sales contract uh, to make sure that any tax relief is passed on to you. Uh, or if it's a limited company, there's certain checks that we can make to see if they've actually claimed any capital allowances. And this all sounds quite daunting and quite scary, but in reality, Elaine, probably 99 out of 100 cases that we come across the previous owners just aren't aware of capital allowances at all. In fact, the revenue issued, uh, they issued, some, um, they issued some guidance a few years ago now saying that in their experience, 96% of all property transactions hadn't maximised their capital allowances. And this is because, going back to the IKEA reference, most people assume that their accountants are doing all of the tax relief um, opportunities, taking all the opportunities available to them. Where in reality, this is a very niche, a very complex area, which most people are just A, not aware of, and B, they're just not receiving the right advice on it.
0: Great. So you've, you've really outlined, th- I mean, as you said, you, it might come across like it might be quite a, a difficult area, but I think you've really broken that down in a very easy to follow way. I understood that brilliantly. So hopefully the listeners will too. And of course, if there are any questions, I will make sure that we have all your contact details linked up in the show notes, which you'll be able to find listeners at holiday, sorry, hlspodcast.com forward slash exact CA. So yes, thank you. And it was a really good way of explaining using the scenarios that you've told us so far. So at this stage, let's have a look at when and when... Not the capital allowances might work. So, could you clarify the differences between, say, somebody who's got an Airbnb property versus a holiday let versus serviced accommodation from a, a CA perspective?
1: So, capital allowances are a great tax relief and it's something, as I say, not many people know about, but you think they're quite interesting. But here's something really good as well the good thing about capital allowances, or one of the good things, is that you can use the allowances from your property to offset any other income that you might have. So this is called sideways loss relief, and if people want to Google that, it's uh, some more riveting uh, reading for people. But sideways loss relief allows investors in property to utilize the capital allowances from their property and to offset against other income that they might have. So if people are building up their property portfolio and still employed at the same time, There's a great way for them to get tax back from the revenue through their PAYE and sometimes as a lump sum in order to reinvest into their properties. Now, that works perfectly fine apart from true traditional holiday let properties, whereby the capital allowances are ring fenced to that holiday let business. And the reason why uh, the government introduced that back in 2012 was that lots of high paid. People from the, the city were investing in holiday properties abroad and utilising all of the capital allowances in those holiday lets and getting back tens of thousands of pounds through PAYE and they didn't think that was fair for those particular people. So now you still get all of these capital allowances on your holiday lets, uh, but they are ring fenced to the profits your holiday let business makes. Now, right. I just want to I just want to clarify or uh, clear that in terms of. The definitions between a holiday let, furnished holiday let, and serviced accommodation units because furnished holiday lets, the rules are very strict, as I'm sure some of your listeners know, in terms of the property has to be available for let for 210 days a year, it has to be provided furnished for holiday guests, and it actually has to be booked for 105 days a year uh, in order to qualify. And there's some quite strict criteria. Uh, that those properties will still qualify for all of the capital allowances I've mentioned before. But those capital allowances are then only kept against profits for your holiday let business, which is still great and it's still a massive tax relief, which not many people are available. If a property is a true serviced accommodation, it is then available to uh, holiday let uh, for holiday guests and of course professionals as well. They tend to be more city centre focused, if you like, based on the the business elements of it, the Airbnb type units. There's no. Restrictive dates uh, or numbers of days that they have to be available. But of course, you have to provide services. So you're providing additional services over and above just lodgings for individuals. So generally, they tend to be concierge services, maybe food, breakfast, uh, lunch, dinner services, laundry services, and a whole host of uh, overhead supporting um, services that, that are provided. In that particular case, those Airbnb stroke serviced accommodation units fall outside of the regular furnished holiday let rules. And in that case, the capital allowances for those properties can be used against other sources of income as well. Uh, so it's quite, we have to be quite clear, and it's something that most people will speak to their accountant about in terms of defining in the tax return, because there's different places to allocate the, the costs and the income in the tax return against a furnished holiday let anywhere in the European economic area, or if it's a property business, uh, which which sits uh, which serviced accommodation or Airbnb could sit in. So depending on how it's treated in your tax return, depends on whether you can utilise the capital allowances against all of your other income or just your holiday net business income. So I think that's quite an important um, point to, to raise in that particular respect.
0: Most definitely. That is a really important point. And I guess just, just from what you've said here, that this is the time when it might be good for your accountant to speak to somebody who is a specialist in CA like yourself. And are you able to talk directly to a, to someone, to a holiday let or a service accommodation provider's accountant and help that way?
1: Yeah, exactly so. I mean, my, my sort of philosophy is, if you like, is that I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about capital allowances and just give some general advice. And for potential clients, we give them a full illustration to say, to look at their property and say, okay, for your type of property, here's the likely allowances we'd expect to find for you. We only do capital allowances as well. So we don't do any R&D tax credits. We don't do any tax returns. We don't do any compliance work. All we do is survey properties all around Europe and provide the valuation reports, which then go through uh, to the accountants as well. And of course, you know, accountants, through their professional training, they have come across capital allowances, so they know exactly how to transact it in the tax return. And it's pretty straightforward, just a, a couple of boxes that need to be completed. But What they don't have is the actual valuations that we get from sites. So if any accountants have any questions, again, I'm more than happy to pick up the phone and talk them through the valuation process, the compliance process, and exactly where to put them in the, in the tax return as well, although obviously they, they can do that themselves. So yes, again, I'm more than happy to talk to solicitors as well. Just going back to the previous uh, question about where to be involved in the process, it's very often the case that if um, a commercial type property is being purchased, there's going to be more questions relating to capital allowances. Some of your listeners may be aware of something called CPSE inquiries which are standard legal documents that go between solicitors for purchasing a commercial type property and within these documents there is a specific section relating to capital allowances which invariably is question marks or not applicable because the question really isn't um, enforced at that particular transaction time. So ideally if you're, you're buying a property that 's when we should be initially involved because we can have a look at any contracts to make sure there 's no restrictive elections uh, so that the purchaser can benefit from all of the uh, all of the capital allowances there
0: okay, really interesting and it 's great that you're able to to talk to any other professionals that that people may be working with whilst they 're growing their business and i 'm guessing say that we 've got a listener who wasn't really aware of the ca available to them isn't quite sure that it's been taken into account with their accountant so far so say they're in the middle of their holiday let providers journey and they want to review what has happened you can help at that stage as well absolutely
1: i think part of most of our work is really looking
0: at people that um
1: haven't come across capital allowances until they've bought the properties is i would say 10 percent of our work is spent on people who, are, who know about capital allowances in advance and they're using it correctly to plan for the property's investments. But most people, uh, almost by definition, haven't heard of capital allowances. So very often they've already started their property journey. And in those cases, we can help people by reviewing their portfolio historically and, and looking at those properties and saying, OK, if you've bought this property, how did you buy it? Was it in a limited company? Uh, when you bought it or did you buy it personally, either of which uh, you're allowed to claim capital allowances, or did you buy it from a limited company or an individual? Was there any restrictions on the uh, the capital allowances available to you as the buyer? And we can look at the properties and say, OK, here's the expected level of tax relief that these properties will attract, whether it's a property in Cornwall or Northumberland or in the south of France, anywhere in Europe, as long as you're declaring uh, the income in the UK. Then you're able to claim capital allowances on those properties.
0: Interesting. So you cover all of Europe as well. I know you touched on that before, but can you can you just clarify how you go about reviewing a property? Do you go in person or is this something that can be done by looking at the paperwork of the property and what's happened from an accounts and taxing perspective so far?
1: Yeah, good question. So the initial assessment is a desktop assessment where we just look at the paperwork. So we do a, we look on land registry to see when the property was bought and for how much, and the type of property it is. Based on our last 12 years of experience, we can say this as an illustration, as an estimate, is the likely capital allowances that we'd expect to find on this type of property, for this price in this area. And that's a really good indicator that then can go off um, as an assessment to the accountant. So, so any questions that they may have, we can take on board and we can answer any queries they may have in terms of the valuation. One of the main queries that um, we have is very often the property is bought and then it's developed further to perhaps extend it or to refurbish it. And sometimes some of those costs are picked up by the accountant as capital allowances. For example, if you're installing an emergency lighting system in a property uh, to meet regulations as a holiday let, perfectly legitimate cost. And most accountants will identify that and know that to be an item of plant and machinery and they should be picking that up and then claiming that through the client's tax return. Um, but, they, but that's part of the process where we need to speak to the accountant to say, we'll look at the purchase price and we we'll look at the development costs as well that you can claim on to make sure that we're not picking up something as well as the accountant. So just to sort of clarify on that, whenever you spend money on a property, whether it's buying the property initially or then developing the property, there's always going to be an element of plant and machinery and capital allowances that you can claim as part of those uh, those development costs as well, as well as the purchase cost.
0: Interesting. Okay, thank you for laying this out so clearly. Thank you. It's really, really interesting. And I know there's going to be many listeners who are thinking, is a pricking up? What, what can I do to make sure that I'm making the most of, of my CA? So let's have a look, because I know there's, a whole new-ish side of investing, which is where there's something which some listeners may have come across and some may not have, which is the rent-to-rent model. There's been a huge growth of certainly serviced accommodation providers where they're Mm. working in a city central location and to grow and expand very very quickly and build a huge portfolio one thing they have done is to rent a property to then rent it on as a short-term or serviced accommodation model now how are you able to help people in that situation claim ca as well is, does they, do things work the same that way around, or is it solely for people who have purchased?
1: It's, it's slightly different, but what a great way to get to market. If you can legally sublet a property that you're renting out in order to maximise profits and cash flow, then it's, a great, it's a great way to get to market for relatively little capital investment. Now, the capital allowances work in exactly the same way, in that the owner of the property is the one who's entitled to claim the tax relief. The different thing here is you as the investor or you you don't own the property because you're just renting it from a landlord. So you're making great cash flow benefits and you may have spent some money on developing the property or refurbishing it. But because you don't own the property as the renter, then you can't claim any capital allowances. But here's the the situation. You may be in a position whereby you're speaking with a landlord and the landlord could benefit from those capital allowances instead. So how good would it be if you could go to the landlord and say, right, I'm going to trade your property as serviced accommodation, with your permission or as a holiday let, and that now means that property of yours qualifies for capital allowances. Now you can't claim it as the the rent as a tenant, but the landlord can certainly claim it. So wouldn't it be good if you could go to the landlord and say, I will pay you the rent for the property, and because it qualifies for capital allowances, there's also a whole host of extra tax relief that you're entitled to. And it would be very beneficial for that potential tenant to, to go to a landlord as an experienced investor in that particular case and give the landlord something as well as the increased rental that he's looking for. You're effectively taking the knowledge that's out there of capital allowances, not being able to benefit from it directly because you're the tenants, but then passing that knowledge and that benefit on to a landlord, who will obviously have a, a, a greater respect for you as a, a more professional tenant, if you like. Know.
0: Great stuff. So that's that's when we need somebody like you, as some, as as an investor who's working with the rent to rent model, having you in the phone, <laughs> so you can say this is the guy you need to speak to, I can, and speak, to the, egg- I can speak
1: to the landlord. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. That's great. And of course, it really does give credibility to the rent to rent model, which of course can be absolutely incredible, both for the renter and the landlord. And this is just an extra added benefit. So what would you say are the key things that short stay providers can do to ensure they're making the most savings on their taxes? What are the most asked questions that you get?
1: So it's quite interesting. There's quite a few people out there who think that if you claim capital allowances today, you some you somehow affect your base price of your property. So if you were to sell the property, you'd be paying more capital gains tax. And so some people think that it's just purely a kind of timing advantage, if you like, to say, well, you might be claiming the capital allowances today, but when you sell the property, you'll have to pay them all back and you'll pay more capital gains tax. And that's kind of one of the biggest questions that we get. Um, but it's quite easy to say that capital gains tax, whether you claim capital allowances or not, you'll still pay exactly the same capital gains tax, and this is because the two taxes don't interact at all unless you're selling the property at a loss, in which case well, you won't have any capital gains tax to pay anyway. so the biggest question we have is, will I have to pay the allowances back and the answer is no because you don't it doesn't interact with capital gains tax. Um, the other major questions we get is. How can I check if the properties have a capital allowances claim against it? And this is where I refer back to previous answers in terms of knowing who you're buying the property from is very key. Um, the, there's new rules which came in in 2014 which say that you have to agree the capital allowances with the seller if, in order for you to claim the capital allowances yourself. But this is generally done through the sales contract, but there's a few clauses that can be put in there if you're not sure if the previous owners have claimed the allowances or not most of them haven't but there's always the risk whereby you alert the seller to the fact that this tax relief is available um and that's that's the one of the biggest questions that we get there as well and the other one is is the process that we go through in terms of what is the actual overall process and how long will it take Most people want to know that um, we undertake due diligence on the property and the previous owners. Then we obviously need to get to site to identify uh, and log and value all of the plant and machinery. Uh, And this is done, again, it's it's done ourselves. It's either done by myself or we've got some in-house surveyors as well or a network of surveyors. Um, But depending on where the property is, there's always somebody available to do that. Um, I even drove down to the south of France um, last year, October last year, just to help a, a customer out who wanted their property surveying. That was what I had to do myself. Of course, you understand.
0: Yeah, um, must yeah, absolutely had to be done by you. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible thing you had to do. That must have been awful. <laughs> that's,
1: that's the commitment that I've got. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's done by us in-house, uh, and we we undertake all the valuations. Then we provide the valuation reports which go then to the the accountant. In terms of timing, of course, most people um, want to have the capital allowances available when they're doing their tax returns. So, uh, as we're speaking today, the tax return period for uh, the 18-19 year has just been finished and everyone's been busy getting their tax returns in. And it's our busiest time of year because people have their accounts prepared and all of a sudden, they realise they've got a, a massive tax bill to pay and they look around for legal ways to, to avoid it. And capital allowances is by far one of the legitimate, biggest tax reliefs available to property, uh, people who own these types of properties. So, of course, uh, November, December time, we have lots of surveys to do uh, around the UK, around Europe, in order to value this plant and machinery to wipe out people's profitability, tax profitability. Uh, and then reduce the, the tax that they pay. But even one, even better than that, people who have submitted tax returns in the past, you can actually go back, resubmit those tax returns to include the capital allowances, and get a tax rebate from HMRC, which everyone is really pleased about. So
0: interesting.
1: Even though even though people recently have submitted their tax return at the end of January for the 18-19 tax year, not many people are aware that you've still got until. January 31st, 2021, to make adjustments to that 18-19 tax year. So for all of those people who've just submitted a tax return who haven't claimed capital allowances but could, there's still a whole year to do the valuations, go back, resubmit that tax return, and then get any tax that you've paid back um, from the revenue. Uh, But of course, as soon as the 31st of January closes 2021, that then fully closes the 1819 tax year so you've got a year uh, to make adjustments to previous tax returns and that's quite a, a useful piece of information for people to, to know about as
0: well most definitely really interesting piece of information for listeners there so from your perspective people coming to you and they want you to get involved is there what are the costs involved to first of all do the initial desktop assessment and then go in and into the property do the full valuation
1: yeah so our initial assessments or any conversations with solicitors or accountants all completely free i'm more than happy to talk to people and to gather some information and to demonstrate to people this is exactly the this level of allowances you can be expected to get um, along with the illustration comes our terms and conditions and we only charge five percent plus VAT of any capital allowances that we identify so we do the surveys there's no extra um, fees for that there's no uh, fees for extra compliance work or the illustrations i mentioned or any sort of pre-contract negotiations only when we go to site and do the valuations and provide you with the report that's when our invoice uh, comes along as well so all of the all of the work before doing the valuations uh, there's no charge for that of course Um, so yes and our fee is also tax deductible as a Uh, consultancy fee as well so saving people even more tax
0: Excellent. Well, I'm so, so glad you've come on to talk to us today because I've loved the way that you've really laid everything out so clearly because it can be a really tricky area for people to to understand when you're not in the usual. It's got its own language, hasn't it? There's a a tax language and there's a solicitor's language as well of words that we don't come across in day to day. So to have someone like you to come and really explain exactly how things work, really, really useful for listeners. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Now, based on your experience and having dealt with individual holiday home owners and short stay providers, have you noticed something that really stands out about individual owners? Do they have a guide? Do you have a guiding philosophy or a principle that you think would help individual holiday home owners in today's market?
1: I think for anybody who's investing in property, um, knowing about capital allowances is a, quite a major bow to your um string to your bow effectively it's it's a tax relief that not many people know about and because you could be aware of this tax relief it'll certainly make you look at the deals that you're looking at in a different way lots of people who uh, go into uh, properties they're always looking at the profitability of a property and some properties they may decide not to proceed with because the returns just aren't very are very high but if you were to factor in the the fact that capital allowances would be available on a property, knowing that they have a cash value and knowing that um, you can effectively build into your calculations the capital allowances effect, what we have seen in some investments is that it can make a difference of 11% return in year one by claiming the capital allowances, depending on the tax rate of the uh, the individual. But imagine looking at a particular property deal where it's not 5 or 6% return or yield that you're going to get, but more like 15 or 16% in year one, and then more in the subsequent years as well. That can make a massive difference to the investment decisions that people are going to make. And I think it's the old adage where you don't know what you don't know. So lots of people don't know about capital allowances, but you can certainly use that to your advantage in terms of uh, pricing up particular projects, looking at the returns, factoring in capital allowances, knowing that they have a cash value as well. So you can look at your cash flow statements. If you were to forecast as a new property investor um, how your portfolio is going to grow, knowing that you can get back uh, income tax potentially on the capital allowances through your job, that could could have a massive impact to your cash flow when you're forecasting, trying to plan for the future. And if anything, uh, I would ask people just to be aware uh, to get capital allowances involved even before you're buying the property, even when you're looking at a particular property to buy, just understand the fact that uh, the allowances may be available, we can do a few checks just to see if they would be, and just to get comfortable with the numbers involved if you um, and we perhaps haven 't touched on this at the moment if people were aware of the value of capital allowances, then it could be quite, uh, quite crucial. What we say as a word of thumb. Uh, as a rule of thumb at the moment, is at least 20% of a person's investment will be the capital allowances value. So if you put that into perspective and say, if somebody's buying a £200,000 property, there's going to be about £80,000 worth of capital allowances in that property. And if you think, if the person who's investing is a 40% taxpayer, well, potentially, that's £30,000 in tax they could save. So if you figure £30,000 tax saving, that reduces their investment from £200,000 to £170,000 and all of a sudden that can make a massive difference to whether or not a project goes live or not. So as as I said, as a rule of thumb, if you factor in at least 20% of the purchase price of a property, more on development works, but 20% on the purchase price will be the capital allowances value, then that can make a huge difference on your, your forecasting and your planning for your property portfolio.
0: Most definitely. That can make not just a difference on day-to-day, but moving forwards beyond this project that we're talking about now. It might even open doors to, to do even more down the road.
1: Exactly so. And I know lots of people who we work with, they are very comfortable with buy-to-let properties. Uh, and it's very easy. It's very hands-off investment. Um, and the returns are okay. But what they do like is they like that, but they don't attract capital allowances, regular buy to let properties. But what people are interested in is the big tax relief that investing in a holiday let property can attract. So, therefore, lots of people are using their existing buy to let portfolio and then changing them into serviced accommodation in order to A, benefit from bigger returns through a different type of trade, and also B, benefit from the fact that they now qualify for capital allowances. And they can get the additional tax relief there as well. So it might be that people already have existing properties in their portfolio that they're able to use. Um, But either way, regardless of uh, your property position, as I said, I'm more than happy to speak to people and to really show them what capital allowances can do for them.
0: That is so interesting. Thank you very, very much for sharing. What a huge amount of what could be massively... Investment changing knowledge with us today. So, before you go, please let us know how listeners can get in touch with you.
1: So, uh, the best way is by email. So, it's hello at exactca.co.uk. There's lots of information on our website, exactca.co.uk. Or you can call us in the office, 0845 467 2765. And I'm always happy to talk to people.
0: Amazing. Arthur, it's been a real pleasure. And what a valuable episode this has been. Listeners do head to the podcast show notes at hlspodcast.com forward slash exact CA where you'll be able to link through to Arthur's website, read a bit more. And of course, those contact details will be available there. Once more, Arthur, it's been a real pleasure. Hopefully I'll get to meet you in person very soon. Let's keep in touch.
1: Thank you very much, Elaine. Pleasure.
0: Cheers. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Holiday let Success podcast. But remember, it doesn't need to end here. Come and find us on Facebook at hlspodcast.com forward slash FB, where you can join our free community of like-minded, proactive holiday home owners. Get your questions answered, get access to our free resources and trainings that are going to help you towards your holiday let success. See you there.